0: Death Takes a Lover, a DS Billings Mystery.
1: Mr. Billings, open up. Please open the door.
2: I will force the door, Mr. Billings. I shall count to five, and if I receive no response from you in that time, I will force the door. One, two... What is it? Oh, thank God. Mr. Billings,
0: open the door.
1: What on earth happened to you? We've been banging on that door for nearly three
2: minutes. Nothing happened. I was only sleeping.
1: Sleeping? We thought you'd become unwell. We hadn't heard from you all evening, and when you didn't come down to breakfast this morning... I
2: must have been very tired.
1: Oh, you had us terribly worried. We thought you'd had a heart attack, or a stroke, or else you'd slipped and bumped your head against the fireplace.
2: I'm sorry. But might I suggest, Detective Sergeant, that you omit to lock the door in the future? Of course, I don't know why... It's his
1: profession. It makes him suspicious. He must take us all for a bunch of criminals... Let me assure you, nobody is going to rob you in this house.
2: No, uh, naturally, I- Well,
1: at least we know you're all right. You can go now, Wilcox. I'm so sorry to have alarmed you.
0: Yes, miss.
1: The poor man. As if he hasn't enough to do already.
2: Uh, What did you want to see me about? I
1: thought you wanted to see me. Yesterday you told me you wanted an interview. Well, here I am. Mrs. Thornton is still sleeping and I can make time for you now. I may not have the chance later.
2: Very well. I suppose you had better sit down. Here, have a seat.
1: I'm sorry you have to sleep here. It's not a very nice room, is it?
2: It's adequate.
1: It's dark and musky. I've always disliked it. Especially after... Especially after what? What's that on the bed? A syringe. So that's how you're able to sleep so soundly. Give that to me. What is it? Cocaine?
2: It's none of your business what it is, Miss Whitfield. It's just some medicine, that's all. You were talking about this room.
1: This is where he died, you know.
2: Died? Who?
1: Roger, of course.
2: I thought he died out on the moors.
1: What? Oh, yes, he did. I just meant... What I meant was, this is where he lay.
2: You said, this is where he died. I know
1: I did, but that's not what I meant.
2: Then why did you say it?
1: Oh, I see. You've started your interrogation already. I must be careful what I say and how I say it, mustn't I? I didn't mean die, Detective Sergeant. I meant lay dying. When he was already near to death, Roger walked out onto the moors in feverish delusion and met his death there. But this is where he lay before that. Good heavens, you're certainly awake now, aren't you?
2: Tell me more about Roger Thornton.
1: Would you like to see his likeness? Yes. There's a portrait of Roger behind the wardrobe. It used to hang in the dining room, but Mrs Thornton can't bear to look at it now. Here, you can see for yourself how handsome he was. Even you must admit, he was a very handsome man.
2: Yes. Oh my. The police report mentioned his good looks, but I didn't think he'd be as handsome as this. Look at those eyes. What is it? What?
1: Why do you keep staring at that picture?
2: Staring? Uh, No, I'm not staring.
1: Do you see something in that portrait, Detective Sergeant Billings? Uh, No,
2: I was uh, merely... uh, (coughs) I, I, I can see why Mr Thornton was thought of as handsome, that's all. We'd better put the portrait back.
1: How did your interview with Wilcox go? Did you learn anything new? As a matter of fact, I did. Oh, how intriguing. What was it?
2: I learned that Mr Thornton was a gambler.
1: Well, that's hardly surprising, is it? Most young gentlemen are.
2: I also learnt that you would lend him money as he didn't have any of his own.
1: Oh, did you indeed?
2: Why don't you tell me about that?
1: Well, I suppose I'd better sit down then, if we're to start the interview properly. It is a quarter to nine now. Mrs. Thornton expects me to wake her at nine, and I have much to do in the meantime. That gives us 15 minutes together. I shall talk to you for that long, but not a second more. Is it agreed between us? It is. Now, to understand Roger, you must first know the following. He was a student at Cambridge and only came up to Hammerrock in vacations to see his mother, to whom he was very much attached. Everyone loved Roger and his presence always cheered this dark gloomy house. He was vain and irresponsible and lazy and an incorrigible flirt. But charming, undeniably charming. Everyone liked Roger Thornton and some people loved him. I loved him too. But as a brother, as a naughty little brother who made me laugh with his scapegrace ways, I know that it was always assumed by the villagers in Gromont that Roger and I would one day be married. Certainly my parents had always hoped that such a union would take place. But of course, I realised that Mrs Thornton would never allow it. We wouldn't have been happy anyway. Roger was too young for me. He wouldn't have had the strength or the experience to handle me. I always had him wrapped around my little finger. But we did flirt when he was here. We flirted incessantly, in fact. It was a game, a pastime. There's nothing else to do on these godforsaken moors. Roger would go out every night. He'd sneak out of the house and go to the old boot in Gromont to play cards with the local men, while I never went anywhere. I'm always stuck here in this house, attending to Mrs Thornton. How does all that sound, Detective Sergeant? I'm sorry? Am I deviating from the statement I gave to York Constabulary? Um... I don't think I am, am I? It was word for word, practically.
2: This is not a game, Miss Whitfield. No,
1: it isn't, but it's tiring all the same, to have to repeat things over and over again.
2: Tell me more about the gambling.
1: Well, there was a man by the name of Bill Parker who regularly attended card games at the inn. He was Roger's chief rival. The two of them were engaged in an extended battle of wills played out over the card table. I would stay up at night and wait for Roger to return, desperate to hear about his latest adventures. He was all I had, you see. He was my window onto the world. That's why I gave him money. Mrs. Thornton pays me a small monthly allowance, but Lord knows I have nothing else to spend it on. Anyway, after last Lent term, Roger had a glorious victory over Bill Parker. He came home at around two o'clock in the morning. I always left my window open so I could hear him come. That night he was drunk. He decided to climb up the vine and through my window, sweating and reeking of liquor. Roger, for heaven's sake, look at the state of you.
0: I'm intoxicated.
1: Yes, you are.
0: Give me a kiss. Get
1: off me, you old!
0: Oh, oaf. go on, just one little
1: kiss. Stop that, Roger, your mother might hear. So? You're not allowed in my room. If your mother catches us, I'll be the one in trouble.
0: Fine, I'll just console myself with your scarf. I love how your scarf feels when I touch my face with it. Oh, so soft and so smooth. Oh, and I love the way it smells. Ah, oh, carries your scent. God! It's the scent of wet blossom oh, and the autumn breeze. Oh, do
1: be quiet. You are always so tiring and feeble when you're drunk. Give that scarf back to me. Oh,
0: no, don't take the scarf away from me. I can't have you. Let me at
1: least have your scarf.
0: I shall keep it here, close
1: to my heart, forever! Where are my winnings? Winnings? I know you won. How else would you get this drunk? You always say you'll pay me back when you win, but you never do.
0: I had a great victory over Bill Parker. I bled him dry, poor fools. Forced to walk home barefoot because he lost his shoes to the boys from the brewery.
1: Who else was there? What do you mean? Apart from Bill Parker and the boys from the brewery, who else was at the tavern?
0: Oh, there was an American gentleman. But he didn't play. He just watched.
1: An American gentleman? What did he look like?
0: I don't know. Average.
1: What was he wearing?
0: I don't remember. I didn't pay him any attention.
1: What was he doing at Gromont? I don't know. Why don't you know? Didn't you talk to him? No. What
0: do you care for, anyway?
1: I care because I never get to go to the tavern in on. I never get to leave this blessed house. You are my window to the outside world. You must try harder to talk to other people. I'm tired of listening about Bill Parker and the boys from the brewery. He
0: offered me his girl. What? Bill Parker. He offered me his girl. His beloved. His betrothed. He offered
1: her to me as a stake. As a stake? Do you accept it? Of course not. I only have eyes for you. Oh, I hate it when you talk like that. If you have nothing interesting to relate, you might as well go to your room. Why
0: won't you love me, Bella? Why are you the only woman not to love me?
1: It's your share of the world's misery, that's all. Now be quiet and go back to your room before your mother hears us. Mrs Thornton knew, of course, what her son was up to at nights in the village. She knew and she disapproved, but she didn't have the power or the energy to stop him, so she turned a blind eye. That's her method of dealing with the things she has no control over. She locks herself in her room and ignores them. Things wouldn't have got as far as they did if only she intervened. There, it's nine o'clock. That's your 15 minutes, Detective Sergeant. I have to wake up Mrs Thornton now.
2: What did you mean by that last comment?
1: The interview is over now. We had an agreement.
2: Please, tell me what you meant.
1: I can't. Mrs Thornton needs me. She always needs me. There's nothing privileged about my position here. I'm just another servant in this house.
2: When will I be able to talk to Mrs Thornton?
1: Oh, I don't believe she has any intention of being interviewed.
0: In Death Takes a Lover, the parts were played as follows. Billings... David Ault. Doctor and Yardley, Ivan Wilkinson. Wilcox, Andrew Biss. Bella and Matron, Catherine Siggins. Mrs. Thornton, Sharon Grunwald. Gracie, Tanya Rich. Martha and Nurse, Frances Brody Oldrich, Roger, Sean Mendon. Audio Mystery Theatre is free to listen to, but not free to make. If you want to show your appreciation, why not become a patron, or simply buy us a virtual cup of coffee? The money will go towards the next Audio Mystery Theatre production. You can find the links to my coffee and Patreon account in the show notes.